What's up, Cascrit Kin? Welcome to another episode of Cascrit Life with Mike and Leo. What's going on, buddy? Dude, we're here. I got some headphones on. I got a mic. I got my buddy across the uh, across the way here. Potentially some drams. Yeah, you know, we're yep. not sure, but it's probably gonna happen. That might be a that might be a good guess, buddy. It, it's probably a good guess, and it might. I be. studied up. <laughs> And let's get into that. What are we drinking today? Whoa. Oh, wow. We're just going to jump right in. All right. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> we are drinking none other than a George Dickel bottled in Bond. Ooh. I like that bottle. That's yeah. a good bottle. It's it's uh, it's it's a decent bottle. It's, it's a... Te- it's it's a te- not, oh, oh, oh. It's not, oh, oh, it's not oh, high oh, on Okay. My- <laughs> so we're not feeling the George Dickel. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's, I said it's okay for me. All it's, right. It's not high on my list, but it's, you know. You're not on the Tennessee side? You're on the Kentucky side? Is no, that, is I actually it? like the Tennessee side. It's right. just, um, for me, it's just it's just okay. I'm wondering if that's a, a, um, a weeded or that's a rye. You know, I'd have to look it up. I can't remember, but it is. Uh, Damn, man, it does you're supposed have, to know this shit. It does have an age statement of 13 years, which is actually really good. Oh, wow. That's a, that's right? a huge one, yeah. And, well, Bottle and Bond's got some, they got some requirements, don't they? For you to be able to put that on the bottle. That's right. They do have some requirements to to be able to label it as bottled and bond. A- apparently, it's not uh, to make sure Leo likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is at a hundred proof. If you guys are interested at all, so well, it's it, right up my alley. Who's as not going to be interested in a hundred proof? Brother? As far as the uh, proof goes, it is right up my alley because you know I like the higher proof. So yep, for sure. Just going to pour myself a wee bit. All right, here we go. And here's a handoff. And no fumble on that. That's a good thing. That was a good move. That, that was a good move. That was, that was a good like move. A, that was like an alley oop. Hey, and speaking of uh, fumble, hey, I'm not a big NFL fan these days or these last few years. Um, <laughs> dude, it'd be pretty freaking hard not to be an NFL fan with these playoff season. Dude. But this this playoff season has been crazy, <laughs> crazy fun, dude. This is why we do this show, dude. Because this was top of mind for me too. <laughs> I'm like, you know me too. I'm not like this massive. I've been playing fantasy football with a group of friends for for a few years here now. Hold on, Leo's trying to put the cap back on the bottle. I was giving it to you. Well, you know we're letting the bottle breathe, brother. All right, that's why we leave it open. Okay. All right. So, you know I've been playing. Uh, I've been on a fantasy football league for for about four or five years. I did not know that. Oh, bullshit. You and if that. you told me, I forgot. You probably blocked it out. I blocked it out. Like many things I say. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the last four or five years been playing fantasy football and for any of our listeners who play fantasy football it pretty much screws up football for you because mm. all you really care about is the, stat, the stats mm. so you're looking at all the facts and figures based on unique players and you have no freaking loyalty whatsoever to any particular team at all <laughs> so when people start going oh i'm a raiders fan i'm a niners fan i'm a packers fan i'm a you know whatever fan yeah you're like yeah dude all i know is names and stats that's right. all you so it really screwed it up this season good buddy of mine as you're familiar with mm-hmm. uh huge niners fan yeah massive niners fan and uh kind of got me on the uh, on the on that train yeah and uh, it's been fun, man. You know what? This has been a fun season. I, I think the fact that he's such a huge fan of his, of, the, of the Niners, um, it really has added to the excitement of getting together, yeah. you know, bonding, yeah. because he's so passionate about his team. Yeah. There's no hugging, though. Um, not while I'm there. 
<laughs> I don't know what you guys do before or after on there, but <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't be throwing out some speculation and shit. <laughs> you brought it up, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So, dude, it's it's been fun. I've got a, I've had an opportunity to uh, to you know, hang out with with you guys, and man, it, it, it besides that, just the games themselves have been you know buzzer beaters, nail biters, whatever you want to call intense, just intense, right? Hell yeah, it's it's um. It's it's been it's been cool. It's been cool to be able to experience that. I think one of the things that <clears throat> actually before we even get started, dude, we didn't even do a salute. We haven't even had a, a sip of the dram. Well, because the conversation got good, bro. <sighs> That's what happens, brother. Hey, hey, Chuck, we're cheers. gonna have to reach. Salute. Ah, salute. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Why'd you have to like grunt and moan so much? Because <laughs> I got bad back. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's let's take a sip. I'm sorry. I like that one. That one's got a, ooh, you know, we've been talking a lot about mash bills and whiskey profiles and stuff, you know? We have. Um, Because as we mentioned on a prior cast when we first started the year, you know, this is something that's on our docket to look at this year. Yes, sir. And uh, this one I'm picking up, um, hmm, there's some interesting spice on the back end there. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I getting another? I'm not. I mean, maybe. Well, I have to like a light. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm a little confused now. I'm not sure. Hold on. You know what? There's there's a, there's slight, a little bit of leather. There's a slight leather there. There's a little bit of leather at the end. Mm-hmm. I like the front end. It hits you completely different than the rest of it. Right. You get a you get a big hit of spice. Mm-hmm. Um. Alcohol, mix spice and alcohol. Yeah, <clears throat> you can definitely uh, tell it's a higher proof. But then it dissipates really fast, and then it drops into that. I mean, for lack of a better word, that leather kind of profile on the back end. Yeah, and and, and lingers. And when he and when he's saying leather, it's not like hitting your face leather. It's 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 no. very, at the end. It it starts coming on very subtle, like dry it, on the palate. But it's long lasting. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no. It, it actually, you know what? I told you I was just okay for me. This is actually the first time that I'm enjoying it, more more than I have in the past. Well, well, there you go, brother. It it, it could have a lot to do with that. I was uh, taste testing some <laughs> several <laughs> bottles earlier. Are you suggesting that you're warmed up? <laughs> I think it's because I'm warmed up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, pregame is important, man. It is. It is. Uh, going back to our conversation well, about the know, games, that was the uh, setup with the pregame. Yeah, exactly. Pregame, part of the awesomeness has been the experience of the company, right? I'm with you. Cool dudes, man. <clears throat> and you get energy. And the energy. And like I said, that that experience is is what made it worthwhile. Kind of, I mean, we can, we can extrapolate that out, man. I think that that's a big part of all life experiences. It's not just the experience, but it's who you have the experience with, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, you can go to a bar and feel the <clears throat> energy and cut it with the knife and that whole thing, but the fact that it was... You know, you know, the, a select few, uh, even though, you know, it's, it was open invitation to a yeah. certain degree. But, you know, whoever shows up, it is a select few. It's a chosen few. And it's the quality, not the quantity that I that I enjoy. I agree with you. I, I've I've got a, a, a store. I mean, I also had some memorable moments mm-hmm. watching sporting events. Mm-hmm. Um, one comes to mind when the Cubbies won the World Series. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in a pub with my wife, 
and uh, didn't know anybody there, mm-hmm. right? Um, ended up kind of becoming uh buddy with the bartenders and everything through that process, and we were all buying rounds and having a great time. I mean, it was Indian fans against... Um, you know, Cubby fans during that time and with mm-hmm. the raining and we went into over, you know, overtime innings and all that. It was just a really cool experience. So I agree with you hundred percent. If you're sitting in a room with the people, you know, and you have a good vibe with them and everything, that's a great experience, but you can also have a, like a really freaking cool one, um, in a place filled with people you don't know, but that have the right kind of energy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The right energy. They're all in there. Yeah. Like you were saying, you know, uh, our buddy, he, uh, He's got so much enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for the team. It's just contagious. So you just get like sucked in, even though you're not a fan. Yeah. And you can't, and and he makes it so that you're rooting for his team, not just because it's his house. Right. (laughs) Sure, that has a lot to do with it. Because he was sharing his bottles. (laughs) (laughs) Not not just because of that, but. Because of the free food and booze. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, like I said, just the passion that's there. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go for your team. Why do you think people like football so much? You know, it's a, well, first and foremost, in my own opinion, it's entertainment, right? Mm. It's entertainment Mm -hmm. and it's an escape from reality, Mm. right? Mm. And it's something that you can get yourself behind, uh, into and behind, uh, referencing, you know, a team. Um, It could also be reliving your own either moments of, of sport experience or lack thereof. Hmm. You know, uh, I didn't play football growing up. So, like I said, I have I like football. I am more of a co- collegiate uh, football fan than I am uh, the pros. I have followed the pros on and off, but never been super gung ho. You know, super fan of of anything. Right. But I really, really enjoy um, the collegiate level uh, more so than the the professional. Because you think it's more competitive. Uh, not necessarily because like they're more hungry i i think they're more hungry because mm. the you know the vast a lot of them want to make it to the pros instead right? of ch- just ch- chasing a contract correct or you know you know <gasps> getting that next paycheck or whatever I got it may you. Be, right a lot right? of people can say that about college basketball too right march right. madness right oh yeah yeah i mean this it's it's primarily it goes along with football and and, and basketball yeah you know I I agree. Um you know, <clears throat> you know we talk about chapters in life, right? <laughs> one of the one of the chapters in my life. Um I used to do a bit of uh personal training. Mm-hmm. And I had a client, uh Rashawn Salam. I don't know if you ever heard of him before. He was a Heisman Trophy winner out of Colorado State. Okay. Running uh, the, back. The name sounds very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So I he he was long after his NFL career. Okay, but he was a client of mine. Oh, so he used to tell me all about football. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I wasn't into football, mm-hmm. so I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, dude, explain to me how the NFL has any bearing on my life right now." And he'd just be like, "Look at me, like seriously, Mike." <laughs> he said, "I'll tell you how it has bearing on your life. Uh, it gave me money to pay for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, shot. I mean, uh, just in remembrance of him, Salam actually died on the fifth of uh, December in 2016. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He uh, he had kind of a rough go of it, and hmm. they they found him um, 
kind of passed away. I think it was like in a park or something like oh, that. Oh man, that's too bad. Yeah, it was really sad. It was really sad. I mean, I don't know the particulars of it, but I remember him as a real gregarious, really, really cool guy. Mm-hmm. But other than, you know, remembering him and, and, and commenting about him because he was such a cool guy and it's so sad to see him. He was young when he died. Um, was his commentary about football mm-hmm. and he likened it to back in the day with the Romans and the gladiators mm-hmm. where you would get these groups of people and you watch these people battle to the death, right? Yeah. yeah. And in a more, let's quote unquote, civilized society, Absolutely. it's this clash, right? Mm-hmm. You see, like if you go, I mean, you know, just this past uh, playoff season, you see, you know, this, so I was there, you didn't get a chance to make it, but we watched the Rams and the Niners go at it, right? Right. And it's in LA and it's a sea of red, dude. I mean, the Niners just like, even though they tried to block them out, right? right. Wasn't there some like freaking um, geofencing? Yeah, it was just like, yeah, you well, called that, it geofencing? That, that, that's what I called it, but yeah. <laughs> I guess basically the stadium, for our listeners who didn't know, apparently the stadium had enacted some protocol to try and minimize the amount of 49er fans right. that could come in from the Bay mm-hmm. and and participate in the stands to watch the L.A. Rams and the Niners play because obviously L.A. Rams are L.A. and they wanted to keep more seats available for L.A. I don't think that shit worked out. You know what? <laughs> it was a sea of red, bro. Based on what I because uh, I was only able to watch the fourth quarter, but uh, based on what I saw, yeah, it was uh, it was a good amount of red in the stands. It's a good amount, right? Yeah, they travel well. But when you look at the the fans in the stands, mm-hmm. who probably some of them never played, never picked up a pigskin in their entire freaking life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The freaking commitment, oh yeah, behind their team, basically beating the living crap out of the other team. Mm-hmm. There's just this visceral commitment to it, yeah. And I think it boils down to like a vicarious thing, you know, about seeing people being able to compete and have this battle over a pigskin. In this case, you know, they're not trying to kill each other, um, and 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 wanting to see them win and, and do things physically that maybe that person in the stands can't do. Um, and then, you know, fighting. I mean, how many fights break out in the stands in a football game? Yeah. Uh, it's like all the time, right? All the time. Most of them alcohol-induced. Right. So when you say this, 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 it's basically this event of entertainment, I, I agree with you, but I also think there's there's this next-level thing that happens for the diehard fans Well, where they get to, like, I don't know, emote these 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 emotions and whatever. And it's a way for them to get away, from, like you said, from the job or whatever mm-hmm. and just compete. Yeah. They're so vested in being a fan. Good point. Of that of that team that it it all it almost becomes a lifestyle. It's a way of being for them, you know? It's part of their life. It's a it's a facet of their life that, you know, for them it's like they're yelling it out at the top, you know, at the top of the world. Like, hey, I'm, you know. And and they're colored from their underwear oh, yeah. to the hat on their head, brother. Oh, yeah. The the only thing that, that, that trumps that to me is, uh, speaking on a global level, is the um, uh, soccer fans. Well, that is the global sport. Yeah. yeah. The soccer fans yeah. are, are just as, just as if not more passionate about being fans of their of their team. But yeah, you know, it it goes back to something, uh, like you said, more um, uh, primal, 
It's a primal there instinct. There you go, bro. Right? That's a good word for it. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, taking it back to the Col- you know, yeah. the Coliseum days, yeah. it's like, hey, you fight to the end back then. Now we fight to for a trophy. And right? I think for bragging rights. Agreed. And I also think it's exciting. And I can I can attest to this for myself. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see somebody um when there's seconds on the clock and they have to execute something that has a lot of obstacles mm-hmm. and there's a championship or the next the next tier on the line and seeing that that moment right and participating in that moment right. and and the grit that it takes to to get her done right oh dude grit is such a big part of and you, you just that movement. you know you just buy into it yeah. Even as a spectator who mm-hmm. may not even be into it, you 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 feel all that energy and that, and it's so interesting that people can get so worked up over you know Monday Night Football mm-hmm. or the playoffs right now, and then a lot of the aspects of their other part of their lives they just can't get emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. They can't commit and get visceral about right. Mm-hmm. So it's it, like you said, primal. There's something about competitive sports mm-hmm. that elicits a primal reaction in most i mean i would say a lot of people you know yeah. that they just can't turn away oh dude so so uh, as another example like you said that you know people sometimes just get so caught up in the moment right yeah. right now it's college basketball season and my wife and i are fans of uh, san diego that's state, right right san that's diego right state. so they played last night um, and they've played before and when we watch, you know, we watch every game we can. Yep. And no, I know you do. <laughs> it's so funny because they're, you know, you're watching the plays and then my wife starts screaming and you know, you start giving directions and you you're know, screaming at the TV, at the TV, <laughs> you're yelling because they scored. No, no you're one yelling. can hear you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not doing the scream. My wife does. <laughs> Well, well, maybe they can hear her. <laughs> sometimes it's a yay, and sometimes it's a what the heck, you know? It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's shoot it, shoot it. She's you know? in her house. It's yeah. her TV. Yeah. It's her team. It's all it's all in, bro. But but to your point, like, you know, it was another example of how vested they get. You know, we, they, we get into it, and it becomes this primal thing where you're just going for your gladiators, you know, sort of speak to use your right, metaphor. Right. And, uh, and you just get caught up in the moment. But I also think that professional athletes, um, <clears throat> talking about grit, we have a respect for the work. I mean, granted, they are, if we're just going to talk physical sports, they are genetically gifted people. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I, we're never going to run on one NFL football <laughs> Dude, I football think, squad hey, other than the baby be like, you Mike, know, equipment manager. Mike, Mike, I think we're past our prime. <laughs> no, even in our prime, <laughs> neither one of us hey, were. No, I could always I could always be Rudy, bro. I could always be Rudy. I, I never you. know. I love you, brother, but ain't, that, sh- <laughs> that shit ain't happening. <laughs> so I think that there's this uh, attraction to seeing somebody, even though you know they genetically kind of won the lotto, mm-hmm. right? They're physically set up to be perfect for this particular sport, right? Yeah. Swimming, and football, some... boxing, whatever you want to call it, right? But there's something so amazing to watch this person take all those tools and still 
work their freaking ass off to perfect them and continuously improve them. Mm-hmm. Because your typical professional athlete, dude, they are all in all the time, super strict, highly, highly, highly committed to being at their peak for their season, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see them hit the field, I think you just kind of like a little bit in awe of like, wow, this person who has all these tools is still out there every day grinding it out, you know, finding that grit to grind it out every day through injury. Most of these guys play through injuries, dude. They're injured. Yeah. They're, they're all this crap, right? And they fight and they fight and they fight and you just get like amped, right? I think it's an exciting thing to see and you get to like vicariously participate just because you wore the jersey. Yeah. And I'm going to to uh, have a different opinion. You, you're going to call bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> no, because everything you said is correct. However, the reason I like the collegiate uh, sports better or over mm-hmm. pro is because, yes, the pros do everything you just said. However, it's their job. They're getting paid for it. And if you don't perform, if you don't keep up with your training and you don't perform on the field and, you know, get help get those wins, then you're going to get traded. You're going to get let go. You're going to lose, you know, you're going to have less money than the following year. So it behooves them to put in the effort, put in the training, right? Grind it out as opposed to the, the, in the college levels, they're doing it for their, for their alma mater, for their school. And for the ho- for, for the hopes of making it to the pro level to make that kind of money, because there there's nothing else other than the pride that they have, you know, self pride and all that. And they're still doing everything that those other guys are doing, the pros are doing, but they're not getting paid for it necessarily. And um, paying their dues, they are paying their dues, but but you know they're still going to school and doing all this other stuff. You know, they still have other jobs. They still have to be everything else, right? Yeah. They're not getting a salary. I think it's relative, bro. They're not getting <laughs> a salary. They're not getting millions or hundreds of thousands. Right. Right? Like the pros are. So it's their job. The pros, it's their job to do that. Okay, but a collegiate student, a lot of them, free ride. Well, that's... <clears throat> you can Free look, ride. Yeah, you can look at it that way. And they're doing it, yes, because they love their alma mater and they love their team, but they're also doing it at that level mm-hmm. to go to the NFL because right. this is their this is their meal ticket, right? Yeah. Because they're going to capitalize on their ability, right? Like anybody else, you know, some guy who writes really well, some guy who sings really well, some guy who draws really well, mm-hmm. you're going to capitalize on the ability. So I would say, in my opinion, it's relative. Yes, they're not making the eight, seven and eight figure dollars that an NFL athlete makes. But I would say, I don't know the stats, but I would say, a very large majority of NFL players were also collegiate players. So, I mean, there's some, you know, like the Nigerian nightmare. I don't think he, if you remember that guy from Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think he ever did college ball. I think he literally walked on. on. He just walked on. There's anomalies. There's the Rudys, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But for the vast majority, they all paid their dues playing college ball. And they all did it so that they can make the pros, right? Mm -hmm. And it's relative because... You're doing it because you're getting a ride, you're getting your education, you're getting set up with your endorsements, with all that other stuff. Remember that old movie, uh, 
uh, McGuire. Yes. I mean, that whole space. I mean, all these kids are coming out of college. I mean, they're just getting wined. And, I mean, it's all under the radar, right? They're not technically getting paid, but it's all wine and dine. So it's a whole economy, right, around a pigskin. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But I think it's relative. Just just to disagree with you. I think it's relative. Yes, obviously, if you make it seven, eight figures as a football player, you don't want to lose that money, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, I mean, the average person doesn't have that kind of doubt, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a elite Heisman Trophy winner or you're an elite uh, college player and they're going to get picked up in the draft, you know, you're obviously banking on the, that that success that's going to come from there. But, every you know, it's all relative. Everybody's working on that next thing. You know, thinking about that, right? You're thinking about that kid who played Pop Warner ball, who played, you know, league ball, who played high school ball, and then got a ride to college, and then finally got that contract, right? Maybe he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, All of these things. All with the goal of not only making a bunch of money, but also making his mark, right? In football, in NFL, right? Right. So like, let's call it the Michael Jordan of the NFL, right? Just iconic, legendary name, a Kobe Bryant, that kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're also in a very interesting state because I, I don't I don't actually know if you are, I don't think you are, um, but I personally, and this is probably going to alienate some of our listeners, Tom Brady is GOAT as far as, uh, quarterbacks are concerned, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the statistics mm-hmm. and mathematically equate it, mm-hmm. he's goat, dude. Mm-hmm. He the accomplishments that that guy has done has has uh, created um, at the age he is is amazing, and he just retired. Mm-hmm. Somebody at it, honestly, I mean, that last game he played, he ran that thing up, dude. He almost he almost took it from him. Yeah, it was insane, and that was. Typical Brady mm-hmm. coming in there at the end, cool, calm, collected, and just executing and tearing apart the defense to score almost at will. Right? Right. And he walks away from it. He walks away at the pinnacle, right? I mean, granted, the man's 44 years old and he's got 350 pound linemen trying to take his head off. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting thing. We always talk about, you know, that next purpose. And some guy who. He was, you know, he was 199th pick in the NFL draft. Tom Brady was? He was 199. He was second string quarterback. Did not know f- that. For the Patriots. Did not know that. And and I can't remember, uh, excuse me because I'm not as huge like a uh, statistician for uh, for football, but the first string quarterback got hurt mm. with Belichick and had to get taken out and they pulled Brady from the bench, his second string to go in. He took him to the Super Bowl that season, hmm. and and the rest is history. Yeah. So, it's all relative, right? So you got guys in the football who aren't making the seven eight figures. You got guys in the NFL who are fighting, and then you got a guy like Tom Brady who is at the pinnacle of NFL stardom, right? Yeah. The only guy that I would equate to him is Montana. You know, Montana and him, right? But if you look at the stats, no one in the NFL has seven rings. No one. Yeah. So, and he's still moving on to another chapter in his life. Um, And I think that the American population, because obviously football football is an American sport. Yeah. We're fascinated with those people. Oh, yeah. Fascinated with them, right? Yeah. No doubt. 
no doubt. Yeah, I'm, I, um, I can respect everything that uh, Tom Brady has accomplished um, as as a football player. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of his. I've mm-hmm. never been a fan of any of his teams. Yeah. But like you said, break down the stat or break out the stats and unbelievable it's stats, untouchable, dude, Un- untouchable. Even watching him play, even if you yeah. hate his guts, because a lot of people hate his guts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that that has a lot to do with the controversy that right. that's you right. know that's surrounded him. Deflated footballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the team that he used, you know, that he used to play for, and you know, the controversy around some right. of their tactics and stuff. So, right. um, so yeah, you know, his his rep had got you know got smeared. Um, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't care, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, you got to respect uh, the accomplishments, man. You know, it's crazy to watch, man. And it, it's crazy to watch people and fans get so worked up about it. You know, um, you know, we come out here, we do this cast and you know, we, we, we have these crazy cool guests who have all these accomplishments that they try and chase after or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of us can agree. Like we go sit down and watch a game, even if you're not into it or whatever, you watch a fight or whatever. And you're just amazed at the commitment, right? Yeah. You watch a guy slip, you know, slip a jab and then counter and and catch a guy right on the button. And you're like, how many millions of times did that guy practice that so that he could execute it in that one moment? Yeah. You you can't, sometimes you can't help yourself but to get caught up and and feel that, like to that primal instinct to to get behind somebody because you're like, man. You're uh, you're admiring what you're seeing. Yes. Right. The talent. Yes. The, the 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 training and effort that it took into you know getting to that to that moment. Right. Right. And and then putting putting it all out there on the line. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty or cool some stuff. or sometimes seeing underdogs, people can get pretty excited about those. Oh, dude! I am a they, I am a huge under underdog. Uh, dude, they made like supporter. seven. They made like seven movies of Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to underdogs, dude, yeah, I am a big underdog supporter. I mean, even if it's a like a, if the underdog is is fighting somebody that, you know, that I respect and like, okay, that yes. is either fighting or going against, you know, yes. as a team, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going for the underdog because because if I have no stake in the other team anyways, uh-huh. I always go or the other you know fighter or but opponent. why why because well for me personally, it is I. I just have it in me to root for the little guy, right? But what does that mean? For, what is the little for the guy? guy for the guy that that the odds are against him or them, right? For the team or, or opponent that the odds are against them, they're not expected to go far. They're not expected to to you know get their hand raised at the end of the of the uh, competition, but yet somehow, some way, they dug deep or got lucky. You never know, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow they come out victorious, and man, so you like the surprise. It no, it's not the surprise. It's it's it is going for the for the underdog, just the person that's not expected to win. Hmm. It's not so much the surprise. It gives you, do you think it gives you hope? Uh, I think not me hope, but it, but you know. But do you think them- that's part of the attraction? It's like, look, this guy went in here with arguably not enough tools to get her done. And yet he eked it out through sheer will and grit. Mm -hmm. And when you see that, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, damn, it kind of opens your eyes maybe to what is possible. Even when you think, and everyone tells you it's impossible. 
I think that for me, I think that's part of the attraction. And I'm being devil's advocate, dude. I'm big time underdog guy. I mean, I'm a massive like Rocky fan. And most of it isn't because I think it's the most, you know, amazing films series in the world. Even though I think the first one was really, really well written and put together. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Sylvester Stallone. But it is about seeing that spirit in a human being that regardless of the tools that you're using, the commitment to, you know, pull whatever you can from your quiver, right? Any arrow you can find, depending on the situation, and never get exhausted about that one didn't work, I'll try this one. That one didn't work, I'll try this one. That one, And never, never faltering. Never worry. Just committed, you know? And seeing somebody eke that out is inspiring. I think it's really inspiring. And it makes you feel um, optimistic, about, you know, as a person with all the different ops, because everything's like an, al- an analogy or an allegory, right? Mm-hmm. You watch Rocky, you know, freaking like go the distance with Apollo Creed in the first one. And you think when the before the fight starts, there's not a chance in hell this guy's going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. And basically it's because he just refused to get knocked out. It wasn't about beating Apollo Creed. He just refused to get taken out. Because if he could just make it the distance... Even though it almost killed him, mm-hmm. he could prove that he was worth something. And that mattered to him more than his life. And when you, you, you see that or you feel that or you hear that, you're kind of like, damn, that's inspiring. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, t- to me, I mean, you went in, you went pretty deep into that. And I got deep. Yeah. And when I go for the underdog, I don't think about all that stuff. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I I have no, you know, deep. Damn reason. man, you just just cut my knees out from under dude. me right there. You're like, yeah, dude, that was uh, way too much information. Yeah, but you 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 do you, man. You, you do know you. what? If you want, after we stop recording, I'll, I'll you know you can lay down on the couch. You can talk to me a little, <laughs> another thirty minutes, no, for free, bro, for free. <laughs> Don't lie, you know you're gonna charge me. You know you're gonna charge me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, for me it's just like. You know, sometimes the 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 favorite is too cocky, too arrogant. They think, you know, hey, I I got the skills. I'm going to beat this, and then they get pie in their face. You know, yeah. I, nobody I nobody likes that, to see arrogance. Nope, nobody nope. likes that. So I'm not saying that's always the case, but especially in those cases, yeah, humility. Like, Bam, good. that's what you get. Yeah, humility is good. Yeah, that's yeah. what you get. And then sometimes it's just like you know what? Yeah, they just. They refused to to go down, and the other person got too tired because they're like, "Damn, this guy's not going down," or mm-hmm. "This team's not giving up," and they just keep going at it, going at it until they start taking over. You can almost feel them running out of gas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I like. That's what I like about the underdog. But uh, damn, that was a long no. dive trap on football when we were not into football. Yeah, but we branched a little bit out of you know into topics that what, you mean when I got deep apply, <laughs> that apply more to to life, you know. But you know, you started off the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> referencing you know uh, chapters of our lives right right and uh um, oh, you about to get deep, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you, you you just chastised me and you're just about to pull the trigger hey <laughs> chapters of our lives so so yeah so you know it's funny because that's actually a topic that i was going to talk about or that i was going to bring up right I, I honestly have no idea where you're fucking going right now <laughs> and you shouldn't as long as you don't keep talking and then I forget what I was going to say, then yeah, we're good. I can, I can, you know, I can't promise anything. 
but uh you know in these last few days you know thinking about that we you know knowing that we were going to record and stuff um i was thinking about how we're all constantly living out the book of our lives right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and how we you know we're we're metaphorically writing chapters as we live our lives as we're growing agreed right as as the years go by days years go by and we never really know when i mean at least most of the time we we never really know when a chapter of our life is going to conclude there is some that we can plan to a certain degree Mm -hmm. but um for the most part it's it's a roll of the dice and then you know looking you can look back and say oh you know what i just closed this chapter of my life and i'm starting a new chapter um and it's funny how how that uh how that all plays out in retrospect right um i just closed a chapter of my life right uh my profession Okay. All right. So in my profession, I just closed a chapter of my life. I retired and, you know, opening up a new chapter of my life and we'll, and I'll get into the retirement thing later, um, later on, um, possibly in this podcast or another, but, um, you know, here I am starting a new chapter of my life, not really sure which way it's going to go, but I don't really think about it. Just like most people don't really think about their chapters of their life. They just live one day, one week, one year and so on and so forth. And I was thinking about that. And then I uh, saw a little bit of a new uh, Amazon special. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a show and it's about um, it's different perspectives of people meeting themselves under different circumstances. And it got me thinking, what would I think about myself if I met myself, right? Like think about you. What would you think about yourself if you met yourself, right? Dude, you were giving me shit about being on the sofa. <laughs> You're pulling this all out right now. <laughs> Damn. Um, you so, said a lot right there. Yeah, yeah, I I said a lot, right? You said a lot right I, there. I, I, I gave I you, gave you, you all. You shocked me a little bit. Uh huh. You shocked me a little bit because. Uh, I know that you're a private person and talking about your retirement, that was a, that was a big deal. Um, and then, you know, starting to share some reflection, let's call it that, of that process. And then, you know, coming across a, you know, freaking Amazon show or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that allows you to do that. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so it's kind of, it's kind of, um, a rhetorical question right now, just to give you get you thinking, right? Because I yeah, kind of laid the I don't foundation. Do good with rhetorical questions, because you know all I want to do is just answer the question. <laughs> so I kind of gave gave everybody a foundation about you know our our lives, right? We're you know the book of life, and we each have one. And then I'm okay. kind of like, you know, you know, tease the show, but at the same time, I'm 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 giving you food for thought. Like as we're writing that book of life, mm-hmm. if we never really think about how we would view ourselves, you know, outside of ourselves, right? We, most, most of us would be like, especially as we get older, we're like, you know what? I don't give an F what somebody else might think about me, right? Am I a dick? You or care whatever? less and less, yes. Right? You care less and less, even, okay? But you think about, you think about yourself and you're like, I don't care. This is me, blah, 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 blah. Right. But then if you could clone yourself and that the new you would look at you how would they look at you? How would you look at yourself 
right? How would you dissect yourself, your personality? What would you think of yourself? Well, if it's a clone, the the presumption is is that it's going to think just like me. Okay. Yeah, but how, how? So that's there. There. Therein lies the, the I guess the hard part, right? Because it's it's a different being looking back at you, but you're conscious in in both, right? Yeah. Well, not no consciousness. Is I mean, separate. I mean, right. I mean, it's you, right? But it's like, what would me think of me? I, I have an answer, <laughs> in case you were wondering. But you keep, you keep going. <laughs> what would me think of me? Right. All right. And like in in one in this one, I, I think the more interesting question is you should answer that question because I already know what my answer is. Well, my, mine's pretty obvious. But what would you think? It, it, because it sounds like you were going through this process. So, I was going through the process. In that it got me thinking, it right. got me to analyze myself in a different way. Okay, hmm. that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, right? it's like an out of body experience. Eh, some, some yes and no, and I, and I think that if you watch the 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 special, the Amazon special, yeah, what's I think it's it called? called? I think it's called Solos, S O L O S, Solos. Okay, but um, it just it got me thinking. You know, I never really thought about life that way, at least my own life, and because we're always quick to judge other people, and excuse me we're quick we're we're always judging not quick to judge but we're always judging other people even our family and our friends we look at them and we can tell you like oh yeah you're like this and like that or i think of this of them or that of them okay but then when we think about ourselves yeah we pretty much usually be like we might some of us that are in tune with ourselves might say like oh yeah i know i'm like this i know i'm like that but i don't really give a you know give an mm-hmm. f about that right mm-hmm. right or I should probably not act like this with my spouse or with my kids, you know, right. I'm going to mellow this out, whatever. Right. But then that's as far as we take it, you know. I think it depends on the person, but I follow you. Right. So this, with this, with this, watching this episode or the, this show did, it, it, it took it even, it, it took it in a different way. I was like, okay, if I were to meet me, what would I think of myself? Just from what I know in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not going to necessarily answer that, but it just, it just put it in a different perspective. And I, do you think this is a valuable exercise for people to do? I think it is. Why? I think it is because, um, it, it's gonna, if you were to, because it's going to make you realize your strengths and weaknesses. And cause it kind of started doing that for me, mm-hmm. my pros and cons about my personality mm-hmm. and how, if maybe I focused on those more, especially the 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 deficiencies or you know the cons, yeah, the things you don't like, right? If I if I was more conscious about them, and realized like, oh, people will if I'm if I act like this, people are going to make me are uh, going to think of me this way. I think it would make you a better person. Hmm, that's interesting. It it it. it I got into a rabbit hole, bro. Yeah, no, 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 no. I like where you're going. It, it, I like where you're going. It got it got me into a rabbit hole, and it, and I was just like, I was I left think this wondering. Because you're retired, <laughs> I have more time on my hands. I think I think you're starting to self reflect too much because you're fucking retired. Uh, <laughs> but it, so, but it was an interesting perspective I had never thought of before. So, I think it's an interesting perspective that you had never thought of it before, because I think about that. All the time. Hmm. So certain personalities, let's just call it, okay, of which I am, are incredibly hard on themselves. They are constantly self-reflecting. 
constantly self-analyzing, constantly self-critiquing, constantly um, drill sergeant to themselves. You screwed up. That was stupid. Next step. What's your plan? Are you executing? Why didn't you do that? Every single solitary day. And the only way you can do that is to step outside yourself and try and be as most brutally honest, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't lie to yourself. You can't really, I mean, I guess you can for a certain period of time, but eventually it catches up with you, right? So if you can't lie to yourself for an extended period of time and you believe that you're not a piece of crap and that you want to do something and you're brutally honest with yourself, no one is ever going to be as hard on you as you are to yourself. Mm -hmm. So this exercise that you talk about, I think there are a lot of people who do this on a daily, I do on a daily basis. Um, and it does play a big part of what we were, you were kind of alluding to where if somebody else has an ill or positive opinion of you, Mm -hmm. you're kind of apathetic. Like if they have an ill, uh, opinion of you, you're kind of like, well, just, you know, keep it to yourself. And as long, and if they try to impress it upon you to change you, Mm -hmm. you're like, fuck off. Yeah. And if they really think highly of you, you're like, well, I appreciate that. But you don't really take it like, oh, wow, I'm awesome. Because to you, your grading system Mm -hmm. is not external, it's internal. And I I feel that's that's good to know because, again, I didn't realize if I didn't know Mm -hmm. if people are out there that do that. But I feel like when I we're having a moment, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel that. For me, the times that I think about myself, and I feel like I'm not the only one, you make justifications for the way you are, okay? Mm. You make excuses and justifications for the way you are because you know if you stop to think about why did I act that way? Why did I respond that way? Why did I feel you know, angry or whatever or pop off? You're, you're going to make justifications for yourself for being that way. But if you would take yourself out from within you and put, place yourself across the room or across the table here, and then without having the insight, the justifications, just judge yourself on what's coming out, what's emanating from you, you know, from a, as a second or third person, I don't know right. how to explain it. Right. I think that's a different perspective. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Right how you're perceived right without knowing what's going on inside you without having that the the privilege of knowing what's inside of you how are you being perceived uh, and for and before it before you go like one of them and one of them i forget the actor's name well known i think he's um, one of the superheroes in one of the superhero movies but um he well if it's a superhero <laughs> movie i know it so go ahead just describe <laughs> I, the character i i i, I can't <clears throat> remember right now all right but um he, he, his his so-called i'm gonna just he was cloned his clone says you're you know says to the guy who was he was cloned from you're a dick mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and you know that's just one example and then the other the the true person was like why are you calling me a dick why am i a dick blah blah blah, blah, blah right right but it, that's just an example of of something that you might make justifications for in your mind like well i'm a dick because of this this and this regardless of okay but if somebody else perceives me as a dick can, what can i do to change that so i'm not a dick right but 
you have to first accept the fact that you believe them and agree with them and that you would want to. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, we can branch out into yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of different directions. Yeah. But um, I, I just found it to be very interesting. It was a perspective that I had never thought of before. And I was just kind of like in awe of like, wow, that's, that's, that's different. That's deep. So, so I'm, I'm hearing a couple things. And um, I'm a doctor Phil this moment for a second. Mm-mm. And I was, I was giving you shit about retirement, but I think that there's a little bit of that in this, man. I think that <clears throat> before retirement, you're too damn busy mm-hmm. to take all this reflection time, mm-hmm. right? Unless you have this predetermined personality to do that, which, you know, I'm freaking that. I, so I, me as an example. Yeah. I'm just that way. Okay. I was that way when I started out of the womb and I've been that way all the way through. So it wasn't circumstantial to the chapter in my life. Yeah. I've always been the same. Okay. Um, I've known you forever. So I know that you've always been kind of your way, right? Mm-hmm. And your way has always been hyper-focused on managing the circumstances, always being meticulous and accurate with getting things done the way they're supposed to be in an orderly fashion so that things don't fall off the rails. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have a whole shitload of time to worry about whether you feel good about it, you feel bad about it, am I good at it, am I doing it right? It's just get shit done. Very true. Right. <laughs> so because you're like that, up until now, pre-retirement, you didn't have the freaking time nor the inclination to mm-hmm. analyze it because up until this point, you'd done a fucking good job. Mm. So shit wasn't going off the rails, so why the fuck? You ain't going to fix what's not broken. Mm. Now that you have retirement time, you're starting to self-reflect, right? Mm. Because you're in a new chapter and you're reflecting on all the prior chapters and you're, I think, to sum up, you're setting new goals. You have new purpose that you're, figuring out and through that new purpose you might change you might be something else now that doesn't mean you're not going to be leo anymore because you'll always be leo Mm -hmm. but you will be a new version of leo mostly driven because leo wants something else and through that something else you will have to alter to become that uh person yeah with the tools to accomplish it. And I think that, you know, we were talking a lot about sports and stuff like that. Athletes have to do that. You know, Michael Jordan talks a lot about when he first started out, he sucked at defense. It was a huge weak point of his. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Quote unquote Michael Jordan. Yeah. When he started as Michael Jordan, he wasn't quote unquote Michael Jordan. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady wasn't quote unquote Tom Brady picking 199th in the draft. But they had a vision of who they wanted to be or what they wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And along the way, they started making adjustments, pushing themselves to find their weak points and and fix them. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, that when it's true, it's internal. It's not external. Mm-hmm. If somebody externally drives you to that, you're doing it because they're giving you something or you're getting something that you think you don't want to lose or that you really want. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of ephemeral, meaning that it's temporary. I mean, this is probably not the most positive thing to say, but human beings are kind of fickle, you know? 
They love things one minute and then the next minute they hate them. So to put your purpose or your drive for something because of an external human perception of you is uh, really shaky ground, in my opinion. I think the number one critic in the universe for a human being is the guy in the mirror, in the mirror. or the girl in the mirror. I hear you. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, high level, you know, fucking on the couch holding the teddy bear. Uh, I think you're you're in the midst of a phase transition and you're you're kind of reflecting. And I think that's a really interesting thing to share with our listeners because, um, bro, kudos to you, brother. I mean, I know you're fucking old, but you're not that old. <laughs> and to be able to say that you have done enough work to retire from mm. your profession yeah. and move on to a new chapter of your life, you know, at the stage you are in your life right now, mm-hmm. that's a huge fucking accomplishment, you know? And that's going to elicit a lot of like reflection. And for those people, you know, and our listeners who are either planning for retirement, because a lot of us are doing that, right? Or are considering a retirement soon or whatever, you know, retirement is a, is a very interesting, I, I've said it, I think before on cast, I mean, I don't ever fucking want to retire. Right. I, I'm always going to keep doing something. And I know you, I mean, obviously you're doing something, you're sitting fucking across the fucking across from me right now. But you know what I mean? No, that that's an interesting perspective because I, I I haven't had the time to reflect on it that much. Yes, that's, <laughs> I'm here all day, man. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. I I I, I uh, haven't been able to reflect on it that much as to why I I thought of that. You know why it hit me in in that way, and your your perspective is is interesting and, and probably true. Right, I have I have never had the need or time. You'll know or the want. You'll know. I to, don't know to you do know. that. Yeah, I, I just like I said, I, I just thought it was pers- uh, the perspective was different for me, interesting, and I just kind of wondered, like, hmm, it, you know, it, do other people do this already, or is is it just me that that light bulb went on and and I kind of I wouldn't say it 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 um, a lot it, of people don't retire at your age, brother. A lot of people don't. Well, when I when I was when the light bulb went on, I wasn't thinking about retirement. So, but okay, yeah. I mean, to me, retirement was not even in my mind mm. at the time that mm. I was going through this. So, mm. so the fact that you're saying that maybe it's because I've opened up opened up a new chapter in my life, having retired, that now I have more time to ponder things. To to oh, that's enlightening because it was already in there. Because it might have been, it might have been already in there. Yeah, it was already, you were already thinking about it before it. You pull the trigger, but now that you pull the trigger, it's starting to, it's starting to cup top of it's, mind. It's right. It's it's triggering other things, right? So, I that's very good insight. Very no, good that, insight. That, I didn't think of, but pretty freaking cool. And I appreciate you sharing on the show, dude. As I think I think our listeners do. Um, like you said, man, life is writing the chapters in the book. And you're going through that right now, and and you know, it's not a it's not a light thing to share because retirement is a very big milestone in a human being's life. Yeah. Right. I mean, you committed how many years to your profession? Twenty one. That's not you know that's not overnight, right? So you committed a significant amount of time to your profession and then retire, and that really is a new chapter, and you have to kind of reassess 
like what am i doing right yeah. what's my you know i mean all there's some things that carry you your family and all the other stuff like that that's all a given but you know part of the reason why we started and you know we can share that we started this 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 brand and this cast was because we had talked about you know you were you had a trajectory towards retirement yeah and i got fascinated with it because i i saw that what we could do you know mm-hmm. and and here we are doing it yeah here yeah. we are doing it right yeah, you're absolutely right uh we had talked about cuz my retirement had something to do with okay where can it we take mo- this for right? me it was a motivator yeah because you know i'm i don't play well with others mm. right as we've said and you know your family so you know i trust you empirically and to know that we created something together that you know will continue to iterate in different ways and shapes and forms but that it would be something that you also believed in because i know who your character and that you would be able to invest time into um to me meant that my my um my treasure which is time and money would be would be spent because i believe in the value of what's going to happen mm-hmm. with the person that i'm doing it with and um you know it's it, it's an interesting thing i mean just freaking really light on my end too to see this kind of transition to start to take place and then you know as we started talking about all the things that we want to do this year with cast grit um it's exciting it's really fucking exciting um uh, because i know that you know i'm doing it with with my brother and he's going to have time and, and we're all, you know, and I always make fucking time. I don't have to sleep. Um, so (laughs) it's just, it's, it's an exciting time. And it's to your point, chapters in a book, man. And we keep writing, we keep writing the words, keep editing them. And it's a journey. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It's a journey that, you know, we don't know the end. Okay. So we just keep writing those chapters and living those chapters until, you know, the the last page is written and the lights get turned off and, you know, wh- whenever that may be. But uh, you, um, you, uh, you know, you, you, you get easily excited and, and worked up about things that you're passionate yeah, about, dude. about yeah. you're passionate about. Yeah. And you were sharing how, you know, my retirement ha- had something to do with with, uh, you know, what with how you were feeling without, without, a, without a doubt it had a lot it, it had it was a variable in the equation for so, sure. so for me you know for me it wasn't so upfront for me and like i knew like we had talked about that i would retire within the next few years right it ended up coming way sooner than i had anticipated and that i had talked about with you but um you know for different reasons it ended up being the right time and you know i pulled the trigger and here i am and I'll get into more about the retirement and I was my just profession. Say, dude, the freaking cloak and dagger <laughs> that we're fucking playing with your retirement. People are gonna like, would you just fucking tell us what it was that he did? <laughs> and the only reason I want to wait it's because I have um I have you know a guest in mind that that we're gonna have in the near future, and I want to share it at that point because I think it'll just fit in overall with the topics that we're gonna cover with that particular guest. So. No, solid. So solid. That's the only reason. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, hey man, you, you don't do a reveal until I you're mean, ready to do the reveal. It's, there, there's no secret cloak or whatever, you know. <laughs> He's a Jedi. Okay, damn. Cat, the cat's out of the bag. He's a Jedi. Now I'm not a time traveler or nothing <laughs> like that, man. So, but uh, no, that you know. Sorry, to, I took it a little, a little deep. No, a little no, deep, but, it's good, dude. You I, know, 
you know, it, it's interesting when you're talking about all this stuff and we're, we're talking about kind of like the, I mean, for a lot of people, it's the goal, you know, people talk about like, well, I put on all this work and I try and do all these things, you know, put the kids through college, buy a house, you know, buy a house, put the kids through college, uh, put into my 401k, um, you know, pinch pennies here, take vacations, da 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 and then they retire, right? The goal is retirement. You you do all this work towards retirement. And you're at this stage right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's an interesting thing for us to discuss in in the time period that we're in. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is we're in the midst of an unprecedented uh, labor shortage in, the, oh, yeah. in, in America. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fucking weird thing to watch. It is. So, pandemic... If you remember, you know, the unemployment rate was fucking off the charts because everything shut down, right? Mm-hmm. And people couldn't work. So they were like locked up and all this other stuff like that. Then government jumps in and they start cutting checks, you know, start sending people checks and whatever. Mm-hmm. And today we're seeing the post-traumatic stress of this entire process. And let me explain what I mean by that. It's that... You know, and maybe this is we're going to get a little controversial here, but it's an interesting thing that happens to humans when they're used to doing something for a long period of time and they got accustomed to the context. Mm -hmm. You know, you get up in the morning, maybe hit the gym, maybe not grab your coffee and your whatever you do, your morning ritual, let's call it. Yeah. You get in the car, you do your commute. Right. And then you go to the office or wherever. And you're there for your eight, nine, 10, 12 hour shift, whatever it is, right? Then you do your commute home. You get home, you do your night ritual, and then you do it all over again. Yeah. Five, six, seven, whatever the hell it is, your deal a week, right? That was life forever, as far as you, I mean, for our lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that today. No, it's not. It's not like that today. What I mean by that is, is that. Once the pandemic hit and everybody got forced to stay home and their office shut down, yeah. all of a sudden, and then the government steps in with stimulus checks mm-hmm. and subsidization, employers can't get people to come back to work. There is an unprecedented quantity of jobs available and there are literally not enough people willing to take them. Well, I in my lifetime, I've never known that to be the case. I, I don't think in 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 centuries that hasn't been experienced. And I, I think there's a lot of other factors other than just those that you touched on. Um, I, I think a lot of people, yeah, in different professions, yeah, took the opportunity to close a chapter in their life book. That's a very good point. And to start a new one. That is a very good point. So. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. So, you know, it was such a weird, and if if everybody can recall, when everything got shut down, to be home. It was fucking weird. To be home and the, the one well, or two times that you would leave the, you know, as, as a head of a household, you know, I left to go do some shopping. Mm-hmm. Right, some grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. How bare and how lonely the streets were, the freeways yep. were. Yep. 
yes, there was people in the sh- in the store, but every but the, sh- the, the the shelves were empty because people hoarded stuff or, or like overshopped. It was, it was like a fucking zombie movie, right? Because we didn't know how long we were going to be sequestered, right. right? So that that whole experience, I think, opened up people's minds that had been in prof- in professions for a long time and careers for a long time. That that they said, you know what? I think this is a perfect opportunity for me to go ahead and close that chapter of my life and start this new one and just stay home, you know, with my family or, or, you know what, let's start a home business or let's start my own business. I don't have to work for somebody else. Cause that happened too. There's plenty of stories of that happening that they didn't go back to the workforce. They created their own workforce, right there or their own work. So, just to to you know summarize again, I think it's more factors beyond what you said, but unprecedented for sure. What we're going through right now, because as as a as an example, this weekend uh, we were out of town. Before we came back, uh, we had to use uh, we wanted to use a public restroom, and so we're like, you know what? Let me look up a local Starbucks. We'll buy some coffee, use the restroom, head yeah, back head back wait, home. You had to pay to go to the bathroom. Well. I'm, I don't like to go in there. You usually had to, you had to pay with a latte. <laughs> I usually don't like to go somewhere just to use the restroom. I mean, I'll usually yeah, I'll, pay, I'll, 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 you know, patronize yeah, the, the business and you know, it was a two hour drive back home. So I figured, you know what? I could use a coffee, right? Yep. Five thirty six o'clock in the evening. We drive up to the Starbucks. It is closed. I remember those moments on a Saturday, on a Saturday. It is closed. We're like, we can't believe it. We're like, how is this possible, right? Um, so as an example, another example, I took my uh, daughters shopping for some stuff. I don't normally do that, but they, they needed to go a little farther than it, uh, just, you know, in the neighborhood. So I took them. The malls, the stores don't open until 11 or 12 yeah. and they close at seven or eight. It's truth. All right. I'm like, what is going on here? I had plenty of time to think. <laughs> While I was waiting for them to do their shopping and I came to the realization they don't have the staffing to support two or three shifts. Remember back in the day, um, you know, the shifts were, you know, anywhere from four to six hours, right? Part-time work, right? Now they don't have that luxury. So I was blown away that they only have a handful of people to work the whole eight hours, you know, on different days so that it's part-time. But it, I was just blown away, dude. It was crazy. I, I've never seen this in my lifetime. I know, but I'm going to go back to my argument, which I'm turning into an argument. Most of the statistics that I've looked at with regard to the amount of people that are quitting relative to the uh, amount of people are, that are being hired uh, or the people that are being laid off, there's a huge uh, percentage that are in the lower wages. So we're talking like, you know, waiters, bartenders, um, you entry know, level, entry level kind of positions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, understand you would expect that at the lower wages, those people don't have a lot of assets per se relative to others. Right. Yeah. And they're the ones that are the most difficult to get back your case in point, you can get the employees to show up at Starbucks, right? 
Where are they getting money from? They still have to eat, still have to have shelter. So what I think is happening from the reading that I've done is that there is a lot of validity in the subsidization that has taken place with the government. Because if you're getting stimulus checks of you know two thousand dollars or three hundred three hundred bucks or eleven hundred bucks or whatever it is, um, and you're making minimum wage, um, which I guess is you know you're up in like fifteen bucks an hour, fourteen bucks an hour, it's pretty damn close, right? Yeah. Um, and remember, they're getting this pre-tax. Even they still have to pay taxes at the end of the year, but they're getting pre-tax. So the motivation to go back to a job that they more or less pre-pandemic only had because they hadn't figured out what they really wanted to do mm-hmm. is much less. Because they have a little bit of cushion. I think the other thing that happens is that a lot of the uh, industry has moved to uh, positions that don't require you to physically be present. For instance, I never skipped a beat during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was always I was always working. You were fortunate. Yeah, I was very fortunate uh, because I'm in a technology industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be sitting in my pajamas in the middle of the Bahamas and I could still get my job done because all I need is a laptop IP and a signal mm-hmm. and I can get, I can work. So a lot of these positions that are more technically based, that are more um, complex, they don't require physical presence. Right. So they don't get affected by that. And, you know, you read a lot of these articles of these people who are like you said, realizing that this is not what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. I do not want to wait tables forever. I do not want to work a labor line forever. I don't want whatever it is, right? I don't want to commute 45 minutes to an hour and a half to go to a job that pays me 13 and a half an hour um, and I have no plan. And now I got subsidized, so I got six months to nine months of subsidization to spend time with my family. And like you're doing right now during retirement, I got time to reflect. Like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And to go back to my statistics comment, an interesting thing that you saw was that the quit rate relative to the higher rate mm-hmm. It, there was is somewhat commensurate, which means that a lot of the people that were quitting jobs on the lower wages were taking the time to do other things to help them get a better job, mm. to do something else because of the self-reflection hmm. and realizing that this is not what I want to do with my life. I think it also, the pandemic offered time for people to reflect on this life-work balance. You know, yeah, because you were forced to spend time with your family. That is tr- so true. Yeah. Y- you were forced to spend time with your family or whoever because you couldn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. For some families, that might not have been the best thing exactly. in the world. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> yeah. we also saw some other. You know, yeah. uh, sorry, Billy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making that up. Yeah. <laughs> but some families it didn't work that out, and for other families, you realize like, well, shit, I love my family. I want to be. I want to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. I freaking. At 50, 60 hours a week of work, I never hardly saw my family. Do I really want to do that again? Yeah. I'm going to take a hit on money, but yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So we're. I think the United States is in a transition period of its citizens refocusing, recalibrating about what's important to them. And the idea of the 40, 50, 60 hours locked in a cubicle is getting destroyed. Oh, yeah. It's getting destroyed. Oh, yeah. It's becoming non-existent. Many, 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 many CEOs have accepted the fact that Mm -hmm. people will not lock themselves into a cubicle for 60 hours a week anymore. People are quitting current jobs where they're having to go back to the office because... Just taking remote. 
because they don't they, they'll go find a job somewhere else where they can be remote. And because the other CEOs will go, yeah, sure, work remote. Yeah. As long as you get the work done, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. And and it but it's a shift in our economy and what I mean by that is is that we're also seeing because of all these things that transpired, you know, supply and demand. What are we seeing with inflation? Inflation is growing. <laughs> it, it's growing because you have a labor force, you know, overseas and domestic that isn't going back to work. So now you can't produce all these components and all this other stuff. They used to pay 15 bucks an hour for 14 bucks, 16 bucks an hour for these people aren't coming back. So now where you used to produce, you know, simple mathematics, a million pieces, you can only produce 500,000. So now prices start climbing. Because the 500,000 pieces are worth twice as much as the million used to be. And everything's... So it's a very, very interesting time that's taking place. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, right now we're going through an unprecedented uh, shift in how the labor force works, operates, how the yes. whole supply and demand yes. thing and well, supply and demand we've always I mean whenever we've had inflation in history it's 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 been attributed to that 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 ratio mm-hmm. but to your point that that labor force issue is well, unprecedented labor force and 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 maybe maybe supply and demand were not the right words um shipping methods how to obtain the product mm-hmm. the way it's it's moved around the world which requires labor okay. which requires labor but also we I think we, as 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 a world, we have to come up with a different, a different process, a different way, a different method, to. I have a solution. To to, um, you know, get these, get the product into people's hands without it messing up, you know, the entire world. And Michael, do you have do you have a solution? I have a solution. <laughs> Could you tell I wanted to tell you what it is? Are you ready for it, dude? What is it? Buckle up, brother. Teleportation, bro. Teleportation. If I want a new uh, iWatch, mm-hmm. fucking teleport that shit to me from Amazon, dude. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. How far do you think we are from that? I haven't. I uh, do you ever see Star Trek? Not lately. Okay. Did you ever watch Star Trek? Yeah. Did you ever watch Star Wars? Yeah. That far. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, logistics, labor force, we're, everything is being affected. Everything is being affected because there's a, I think there's a diametric shift of how humans um, function uh, in the economy because of their purpose. I think their purpose has shifted where they were, they were content, even in the United States, they were content to bust tables for 15 bucks an hour and shared tips that the pandemic has taught them that a restaurant's not reliable to work on because I never know where they're going to shut it down. And the government has stepped in and given me a few checks. So I got a little bit of cushion. Um, and I'm going to take this time to kind of reflect and figure out what else I can do. Mm-hmm. What else can I do? And with technology today, because that's a big ass variable. Oh, that's a huge variable. That's a huge variable. With technology to like back in the eighties, bro, and the seventies when we grew up, you can pull that shit off, dude. Mm-hmm. You needed a, you needed the damn job to open back up so you can go to work. Yeah. Today, 
iPhone and a laptop, brother. So, so I think that's a, vi- a big variable in my own humble opinion. Damn, you so um, humble. Technology. Technology. It's huge. I, I think that's that's the big variable in, in this whole new way that the world's going to operate because pe- people are just starting to realize now that they've had the time, like you said, to reflect. It's like, wait a minute. I don't need to go into the, you know, go back to my work or whatever. I have enough that I'm getting from wherever, the government or whoever. Um, and you know what? I have this thing called technology now. It's come so far that I could use it to my advantage now, right? Yep. And so, yeah, man, it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how uh, I think it's going to take some time. I don't think I, I don't think we're in a we're going to have a resolution anytime soon. But I've read a few articles um, that. You know, people are jumping on the opportunities and and, and creating um, little companies or little products that are going to somehow some way fit into the puzzle of getting the logistics of the world back into, you know, back into gear and back into momentum and and figure this whole thing out. I'll tell you what, though, as a consumer, Mm -hmm. I hate it right now. I hate it because we've talked about the experience, right? It's difficult. Going out to eat, oh my gosh, the the experience that I used to have, mm-hmm. gone, ruined, forever. It depends on where you go. Um, depends on where you go. Well, you know what? To this day, I have not gone somewhere where I have experienced what I used to experience. There's always something lacking, something different, besides having to wear the mask. That's, you know, put that aside. Yeah. The quality of the service, if you're going to a restaurant or anywhere that that is anywhere customer service related, it's just gone way down because whoever is working, if even the owners, even the people that that own the business, yeah, they're just so overwhelmed and and burnt out and stressed that where where, where are you going to eat, <laughs> dude? I'm, I'm telling you, bro. I'm I'll be you. honest, bro. I I I would disagree. I've had some. Great experiences at restaurants. Mm. Yeah, great experiences. I mean, the only variable that's changed is you have to make a reservation. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many people. You know, you have to wait your turn. Yep. But when you sit down, and the only difference is the mask. Because so, the the service is great. So the fact that you said you have to make a reservation, I'm not that fancy, bro. I don't have the kind of money you do. Dude, so, I'm, I'm making reservations I don't, at McDonald's. Bro. I don't make reservations. McDonald's, McDonald's takes reservations now. I don't make reservations to go anywhere. If I can't get seated in a reasonable amount of time, I walk on to the next one, bro. Dude, you got to make a reservation, dude. Your time is valuable. You don't sit there and just wait. When I'm hungry, I'm hungry. <laughs> when I need my product, whatever it is, if you don't have it, or if you can't get it to me in a reasonable time, I'm gonna go to the next place and see if they have it. I I, I copy, I copy. Um, and 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 to be clear, the places I'm talking about are not some fucking like you know freaking Michelin, Michelin star restaurants or something. Don't it's lie. Just, just regular places that have you know they have a wait staff and whatever. I mean, some of them are nice or whatever, but not all of them. Um, but I that I guess that what I'm saying is I'm not saying you're wrong. Obviously, I'm just saying that hasn't been my experience. Okay, that hasn't okay. been my experience. I wanted to take us back. Oh, go ahead. No, so I had one last comment uh, real quick. I think something else on along the lines of technology and along the lines of the labor force. I'm just going to throw this out there because you know I always have to do this with technology. I think one big uh, phase shift that is coming, and it's not as far off, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, 
as some people might think is robotics. So on the last uh, uh, invest, investors call for Tesla, mm-hmm. uh, Musk was on there and he made clear that his number one project that he thinks will be bigger than the Tesla cars is robot. Yeah. And the introduction of robotics, as we're already seeing with the lower wage jobs Mm -hmm. that nobody wants to do, it's almost like it's organically teeing up to hand it over to technology to manage those things, right? I mean, my wife and I have stayed in a hotel where the um, room service was a robot. Get the heck out of here. I shit you not, brother. I, I, we were traveling with some friends. Folks, folks, I told you he goes to fancy oh, places. Jesus, that actually did not help my fucking story. But <laughs> the reality is it's not as fancy as it sounds. But we're in Chicago. And, and he travels. I, I don't travel. Oh, fuck you, dude. So we're in Chicago and we were traveling with some friends and they had younger kids. And uh, I thought it'd be cool. Right. So I call room service and I order uh, chocolate chip cookies and milk. Mm-hmm. So I wait like, I don't know, like 20 minutes or something like that. And then I get a, a buzz on the door. It might have been a push notification on my phone or some shit like that. So I go to the door and there's a robot sitting there. It looks like a like a really large um, street cleaner. I mean, like a really tiny street cleaner. Okay. Kind of like a box with kind of like a like a big footprint, like a rubber bumper so maybe, footprint. So, so like a like a food cart with wheels on it, kind of. I mean, but a, enclosed, cart, an enclosed, you know, food yeah, cart, enclosed yeah. housing or whatever. And 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 for for uh, for optics, they had an LCD with like a like a character face, like eyes and a mouth and stuff. Gotcha. And then the door, it's it's top. The door opens up, and inside were two glasses of milk and cookies. Mm-hmm. So we take the cookies in there, and it says thank you, and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. This, this is like the reality. Weird. And this kind of thing, right? And if you look, you know, if any, any of our listeners can Google it up. If you look at the prototype for Tesla on the robot, it looks like a it looks like a mannequin. It looks like humanoid. Oh no, I've seen it. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. So this kind of movement that is coming where some of these more um, kind of rote jobs will be replaced with physical entities that mm-hmm. can execute them. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming, man. And I think organically with everything that's coming is setting it up. And you know what that means, right? Oh, no. The singularity, brother. That's The moment to shift from human beings to freaking... <laughs> that's, that's way the too matrix, much. Bro. The matrix, bro. That's way too bro. much. It's the matrix, man. I'm telling you, man. Neo. Trinity, yeah. that that's a, a little too far, bro. <laughs> a little too far, but uh, no, I, I I agree with you. I think that um, you know the world is technology is taking advantage of this of this. Uh, I don't what's, even know if it's taking advantage. I think it's organic almost. No, man. so so, so here, technology didn't do the the pandemic. So no no no. So uh, I I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Okay. All right. Things happen for a reason. Whether it's a higher power, whether it's God involved, probability, or, right? And you think it's all probability, but uh, just to keep it short, things happen for a reason. Some of them are, you know, by divine intervention, or most of them are divine intervention. I would say probability, but 
there i think there's also uh, uh beings uh, human beings at work that make things happen in order to accomplish things that uh, they want to accomplish oh now we're getting conspiracy theory now with you <laughs> oh damn dude and i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think that's good. That's another podcast. Right? Because we can go on forever on that one, too. But I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past, you know, I wouldn't put it past anybody that that a lot of this stuff happened for a reason so to, to, to change the world. I, and I would concede that it's naive to think that the powers that be don't have design being implemented on certain things that play out. That, that's naive. And, and And on that note, this topic right here that we're just finishing on right now could be, you know, something, a, a teaser for the, for future episode. Okay. For future episodes. What the hell are you planning, dude? Hey, just let, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, All we're, right. All we're right. dropping it for now, but All we right. can bring it back up for show. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot, buddy. Hey, another episode closes as another day of the book of dude, our lives. Always the closes. buzz kill. Always the buzz kill. That's what you say, man. That's what you call me, the buzz. It's because you, you're tired of my ass talking. <laughs> hey, somebody has to run this show. Somebody has to truth. keep on. No, on, that's true. You know, on top of the time management and everything else. So, yeah. Because yes, you know what? If I just let you talk, oh, we'd be here like eight hours. That's actually not a joke. We might be here. No, eight we hours. would probably open up the, the 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 studio door, and it would probably be a different day. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving you pearls here he's giving you pearls i'm giving you pearls guys hey you guys thanks again for tuning in to casket life with, always with who always what i said thanks again for tuning in to casket life oh with. is that my cue <laughs> see guys what i have to work with here <laughs> hey brother salud brother salud until next time until next time see ya <laughs>